Hello and welcome to Le Bourgeois at the start of a new season in Ligue 1 Uber Eats. And what an exciting time it is for French football lovers. In the next hour or so, we'll discuss an opening weekend that included a six-goal thriller between Metz and Lille, a hard-fought win for Paris Saint-Germain and a scintillating come-from-behind success for Marseille in Montpellier. We'll also be talking about a 34-year-old footballing genius that we are lucky enough to have here with us in Ligue 1 Uber Eats. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, talking about the magic man himself, Dimitri Payet. Thank you for tuning in to, uh, to Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast. We um, always welcome your, um, your thoughts if you've got any questions about the Ligue 1 action. Um, do get in touch, league1podcast at gmail.com. Do rate us on the different podcast uh, platforms, Spotify, Deezer, Apple, Google, wherever you're listening to us from. But uh, we are going to start the pod with some potential transfer news as we talk here on Monday morning. Um, the reports are gathering pace that Lionel Messi could, may well, be signing for Paris Saint-Germain and joining us here in France to discuss Lionel Messi's expected arrival and what it means for the French game. I am delighted to welcome two of the usual suspects, Robbie and Dave. How are you, Rob? I'm very well, Matt, and very, very excited. Even if, uh, you yeah. know, it's starting to, to... Well, it's all happening very quickly, but, but it's starting to drag just a little bit. It would be good to, that we get it across the line. That's been pretty quick. Come it on, has, Rob. Has, I mean, Dave, Dave, Dave Crossland is, is still hoping for a late Newcastle bid, but Dave... Um, Maybe on loan with you, an option uh, to buy. I think that would be good. But yeah, I know he's out of enough. contract. No, we just can't afford him. Fair enough. They've blown all their money on, on, on Joe Willock. And um, I'm, I'm delighted to welcome a very special guest um, from, from Barcelona, the Spanish football expert, Graham Hunter. How are you, Graham? Well, listen, if you're um, League 1 sponsored by Uber Eats and Bumper Graham sponsored by Yorkshire Tisha, I'm OK. I'm all right, man. <laughs> it's been a, you know, an emotional few days for Lionel Messi and, and also for Graham Hunter, who's been uh, following Messi through the years, enjoying so many sensational um, performances. Um, Graham, an, an absolutely crazy couple of days. Can you, can you quite believe... This is happening. A, Messi is, is leaving Barcelona and B, that, that we might be getting him over here in France. I, I suppose it's the manner, Matt. Um, so, no, both of the things you've asked me about specifically are believable. Um, Barcelona is in an absolutely atrocious state. Uh, worse, I think, than most people, even after they've consumed Laporta over the last few weeks. Um, what he's been saying, the way they've been trying to ship players out. It's the talk of the world game that basically, probably apart from Pedri, you could, if you were a Bayern club, take any footballer. I mean, it's ridiculous to say, but even Busquets, Alba, Piquet, away from Barcelona, and Laporta would have done a deal with you. <clears throat> That's been common knowledge for weeks now. Largely, they haven't been able to do those deals, which is one of the reasons that Messi's leaving. So, Messi leaving, that's not an utter shock. Um... That he, that he is likely to go to Paris Saint-Germain, given how hard they've worked for him, given that Pep Guardiola was never as much of a fan of taking Messi to City as the owners of the club were. He'd have done his he'd have done his job, he'd have behaved. He's, he's always regarded himself as an employee, Guardiola. But um, it's not the time for Inter-Miami. They're, they're actually in a massive um, drama over 
uh, the salaries they've already expended. They're losing a lot of games. Messi's involved in, in thinking about buying into that franchise, buying into the Vegas franchise. It's too soon for that. Going home to Argentina is not an option. He's still an elite footballer and he made it, you know, once the tears subsided yesterday, he made it absolutely clear that he's utterly dedicated not, not only to winning as many elite trophies as he possibly can before he retires, but, but overtaking his friend Danny Alves, who, who nicked another medal for Brazil at the Olympics the other day and is is the player with the most senior medals in, in the history of the game. Messi once, he said, look, at least I want to get near to him. But it's the manner, Matt. It's it's the it's the way that I think they've... In Ganyar was a word used, and, and that's to mislead, to cheat somebody in the press conference yesterday. And I think they've been playing a game with Messi, Football Club Barcelona. I think that the president has been dealing off the bottom of the pack. I, I dislike the way in which they've handled it. I dislike what's happening to Messi I'm not a Barcelona fan and I'm willing to cede the rights to to, to you guys to, to have um, Messi in the city where you live and work because I've had my share and I will hugely enjoy watching him literally just about wherever he goes now because my purpose has been to, um, to, to try and understand his genius, to try and get close to him, to interview him, to, to thrill to his skills, to, to literally understand just about every working week of his career at Barcelona, he's made my life and my career better than they would have been. So I owe him an enormous debt. I do. And I think fans who've thrilled to how he plays probably owe him the same. I'm not talking about dedicated Barcelona fans. And I think you will feel the same even if you get a season or two or three seasons. We owe him because he is literally life-changing. There aren't many people that you encounter in your life that have the power to change your life, your career for the better. And he does. So that to see him not just upset, not, not, not just the fact that he was in tears, but to see him treated this way, because I think there's been double dealing, is uh, 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 dégoûtant. Brian, dégoûtant. <laughs> I love your friend. C'est vrai, non? <laughs> c'est vrai, c'est vrai. Graham, what, what sort of Messi are we getting? We all, we all know Messi, we all speak. You know, we we saw his goals last year. We didn't necessarily watch all the games. Um, we know he's, you know, not prime. I think it's it's fair to say it's not prime Messi, but 30 league goals last season. What sort of player are we are we getting? Uh, the first thing to say that it is the litmus test applied by any good sporting director, and I think it's still to be proven whether Leonardo is one or not, is how hungry is the player? When you're buying an 18-year-old from Newcastle, or you're buying a 34-year-old Argentinian from Brazil? That's the first question. I think he showed how hungry he is last season in a team that he initially wanted to leave. Um, he made it absolutely clear 12 months ago, and, and he said yesterday, I was convinced that I needed to leave under Bartomeu, the, the last president. And yet he was forced to stay, knuckled down, got on with it, became the team leader, not just the captain, became the team's best player again. Um was it, rather than the verbal answer, if you or anybody wants to tune into the second leg of the semi-final of the Copa del Rey against Seville, when they've lost the first leg 2-0, they come back to the camp now, there are no fans there. They they win 3-0 in the most dramatic of games where Seville miss a penalty and there's a late winner. And, and Messi leaping up and down, punching the air, as with as much animo as he did at Wembley in 2011 against Manchester United, if not more, could have told you everything you need to know the answer. But but the 
the last part of my answer is, look at what he did um, during the summer. You know, if you ask about what kind of Messi would PSG be getting, he went out there on, on the pretty bumpy, pretty ropey uh, pitches um, in the Copa America and worked his socks off, having had no break at 34, became by a long way the tournament's best player and won not his first senior trophy because having won the World Cup at youth level for Argentina and then the gold medal at the Beijing Olympics, you know, the Beijing Olympics is a senior medal. I, I, I defy anybody to say, nah, an Olympic gold medal isn't worth anything. Rubbish. But he hadn't won the Copa America nor the World Cup. He has now. Would you look at the way he played and, and you look at how much effort he put in, the, the mentality is, is still frustrating. And when you get frustrated mentality, particularly if, if they retain Mbappe along with Neymar and Donnarumma in to, to change the competition in goals and Ramos in and Ashraf in and, and maybe more. What you're going to get is a Messi who is likely, I think, to make the difference between PSG being potential Champions League winners and Champions League winners. Graham, that's that's a point. Perhaps we can turn it to look at it from that way because I agree with you. I was at the Parc des Princes and, and in Barcelona for the, the Champions League last season when when Mbappe, everyone was talking changing of the guard and, and, and then we saw at the Parc des Princes, Messi's goal was just sublime and everything he went on to prove and, and the summer getting his hands on the Copa America at last. I think all of that was, was hugely important. Look at it from a, a Paris Saint-Germain perspective. There are reports that he spoke to Mauricio Pochettino that have just come out in the last couple, last few hours and sort of on Thursday said, look, it's all over. I'm ready for PSG. So in a way, he's choosing PSG as well as PSG doing everything they can to, to bring him in. Do you think it works with the likes? I mean, we know that Paris Saint-Germain have, all, have had the likes of Zlatan, have, have, have had Neymar, have had Buffon, an experiment that didn't necessarily work, but... When you say Messi could be the, the thing that gets Paris across the line, he's only ever played for Barcelona. Do you think there's any risk that there's a, a, an adaptation period, a settling in period, a bedding in period that could, could turn against him? You have to, I have to split, split your question in two. I think there's, there's no risk that, that there won't be an adaptation period. There will be. Of course there will be. Not necessarily in football terms. But um, in his general life, he's going to have to change language or adapt around the training ground, less so, because patently there are many voices that are either from his native Argentina or speak Spanish. And the lingua franca of modern multi-billion pound dressing rooms is the one that works. There are very few clubs now that say, well, you're in France, you have to speak French only. Now he'll Mm. he'll have to learn French, but adaptation in, in the sense of the training ground and the team I think it's going to be, okay, not zero, but next to zero. Adaptation to, you know, one of the good ways to, to give you the facts to answer your question is that yesterday when the tears came, they came partly because he was looking down at his kids. He is, of all the footballers, football people I've ever met, he is the most devoted to his kids. The most, uh, the one for whom his, his kids are kind of his raison d'etre. And he was like that before he had children of his own. And he was, ta- he was talking to me back in 2006 about his, his nephews, his brother's kids, for whatever reason. And I don't have an explanation. It's beyond simply, I'm really proud of my kids. I love my kids. They are his world. And he promised them that they were staying. He said, I've got 
three Argentinian Catalans will be coming back. So part of the distress that you saw on Sunday morning, and maybe, listen, I'm amongst friends in this podcast, maybe you, you wouldn't normally be tolerating somebody talking about Messi's family, but I'm giving it to you as a, as a fact. When the kids are unhappy or it's cold in winter or they have to go to a new school or, you know, and a couple of them are pretty pretty strong personalities, Mateo particularly, of course, I think there'll be bumps. There'll be, there'll be times in midwinter, I suspect, if he's had a knock or preserved a defeat or whatever it might be, and he comes home to, to sad kids and it's cold and raining compared to what life is generally like in Castelfels on the coast of the Mediterranean. Yeah, there might be adaptation and bumps and there may be some, some, some moments where he goes, flipping Laporte, I, I wish he'd, you know, just give me a new deal. <laughs> in general... You're going to get a machine. You're going to get somebody who I think will uh, adaptation at the training ground. If he's not happy, people will know about it. It doesn't matter who they are, and that, that's not a problem. But it may there may be adaptation from those around him. If if you understand I me, mean, not simply for Messi. I'm not saying he's a colossus who who simply bestrides a move to a new culture, a new language, new climate without some problems. But but what you can count on is that he's not somebody who hides or mopes. He's utterly, he's, his DNA is wired to, to winning, to performing and, and to feeling that it's mostly his responsibility. He doesn't need to do everything, but he will be integrated into making sure that the partnership up front, if they maintain Mbappe, which is a whole new question and one for you, um, because I think there's a real question now about like how, what PSG do with Mbappe. However, when we saw... In his career, he's had brilliant partnerships and none better individually with Luis Suarez. But when we saw Suarez and Neymar and Messi up front, it wasn't just three great talents. It was more than the sum of the parts. And I think potentially, given where Mbappe likes to play, given what Neymar does and feels about Messi, and given the state that Messi's in and the drive he'll have to, to show people who let him down, this is what you've lost. Adaptation, a little bit, yes. Uh, I'm certain that he has the mentality, the character, the power um, to take this opportunity, given that it's PSG, which we still have to have confirmed, and 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 make something special out of it. You're listening to Graham Hunter on Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 Uber Eats podcast. Thank you so much for, for joining us this morning, Graham, and giving us that, that fascinating insight into Leo Messi. Badu too. <laughs> Been great having you. Cheers, Graham. Bon chance. Enjoy little messy, you lucky beggars. <laughs> Cheers, Graham. Thanks a lot, mate. Thanks a lot for joining us. Yeah, I'd like to pick up on what Graham said. Always great to hear from Graham speaking with such authority about Messi because the Mbappe question now becomes the really big question into the last year of his contract. He can't exactly turn around to Paris Saint-Germain now and say that they lack ambition. Already, I thought that the transfer business this summer was terrific. I'm just going to say something now so that Ian can cut it up and put it into the the trailer. Vinaldum will be a more important signing than Messi. <laughs> I, I genuinely not, believe that's that. Not, that's, not get, that's not getting into the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm desperate to get into the trailer. I feel like I've been underused. Um, no, Mbappe, uh, he is a different player to Suarez. I think the the way Suarez run, ran everywhere in that front three, it's different to the way Mbappe plays. But they will find a way to make it work. I mean, 
do you get more than the sum of the talents? That was a question that I was asking myself about front threes having followed France all through Euro 2020 when it didn't quite click between Benzema, Griezmann and Mbappe. It's very different when you're training together every day and you're playing so many matches. And I'm convinced that it can work. They all want it to work. Um, I think Mbappe's got to stay now. And also what this whole messy business is proving is that there aren't many clubs that can afford the wages that Mbappe would command. So he hasn't actually got all that many options. So I think he should and will stay at Paris Saint-Germain, try to win the Champions League with Messi and Neymar, and then have another look at his career options. Um, I did feel that they needed to address the midfield balance more than try and work out the forwards. That's why I think Wijnaldum's going to be so important this season. Uh, I hear too that Messi's such good friends with Angel Di Maria that he's going to put extra padding on the seats at the side of the pitch of the Parc de Prince so that Di Maria can have a comfortable watch. It's not great news, really, for Di Maria or Icardi in terms of the amount of game time that they're going to get in the really big matches once that messy deal is completed. Yeah, I reckon that comment uh, might make the trade today. That was, <laughs> that was, that was funny. Uh- 